to the world today. It's not my church. But, um, if you mute yourself, please don't forget. Please mute yourself so we don't have the feedback. It's not my church. You know, it's his church. He moves the way he wants to move. So today we are the Lord wants us to go through the beginning. And the beginning is the title is Come and Follow Me. Come and follow me. Let's go to Mark 1, 16 to 20. Come and follow me. Mark 1, 16 to 20. One day, as Jesus was walking, sorry. Uh -oh. One day, as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother throw, throwing a net into the water for the fish for a living. Jesus called out to them, come, follow me, and I will show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. A little further up the shore, Jesus saw Zebedee's sons, James and John, in the boat, repairing their nets, 20. It says he called out at once and they followed him, leaving his their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men. Let's go, you know, scripture, interpret scripture. So let's go to another scripture again. John 1, 35 to 41. It says the following day, John was again standing with, with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John looked at him and declared, look, there is the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Why are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went to him, to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, praise the Lord. Please mute yourself. Please mute yourself. Thank you. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said. And then what? Followed Jesus. He says, Andrew went to find his brother, Simon Peter. Simon. And told him, he says, we have found who? The Messiah, which means what? Christ. So it's good that we know that now. Take note that, you know, when, when people say Jesus Christ, people think Christ is uh, his last name. Messiah, which means what? Christ. So when you read this Mark, Mark 1, you, you see that when you first read it, you, you, you feel that, okay, yes, they left everything, yes. But you see, John 1 expands the truth. John 1 expands the truth, and the truth is what? Andrew was what? John the Baptist's disciple. That's what the Bible just said. He was his disciple. Hello? Can anybody hear me? Yes, I believe. Okay, I just want to make sure I'm not muted. He says, Andrew was what? John the Baptist's first disciple. And John, who he revealed it to, Andrew, and says, this is who? The Messiah. 
So what Andrew knew about, or should I say he knew of Jesus? So it was not a problem for him to, to, to follow Jesus instead of John. And because Andrew understood who Jesus was, he went and what? Told his brother. He told his brother, I said, look, I found who? The Messiah. And his brother came and says, okay, let's follow the Messiah. You see, this is not what I'm talking about, but here's what I'm really talking about. Mark 1, 17 says, Jesus says, come and follow me and I will show you what? How to fish for people. We can all agree that Jesus is talking to us who know and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if you haven't accepted him, it doesn't apply to you. However, just like Andrew heard John say that Jesus is Lamb of God, the Messiah, you can also hear the one that doesn't know Jesus. You can also hear the message and desire to know him and decide to follow him. You see, the key is, the key in, if you look at that same scripture, that Mark 1, 17 in New King James, it says, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. I'll make you become, let me look at, it says what, look at this. It says, then Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you. This is the key. I will make you, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. Jesus told the men to follow him. And because they knew of Jesus, they left everything and followed him, no questions asked. Total obedience. I'm not telling you now to quit your job and follow Jesus. That's not what I'm saying. It says if you are, if, if you, if you are lost and you see a nice person, I'll give you an example of this aspect of follow me. If you're lost, you're driving, maybe you're driving to Philadelphia, or you're driving somewhere and you stop and you see somebody say, please, could you, you know, could you help me? I'm, I'm going to X social so place. And the person says, follow me. The person will tell you follow him. What does it mean? It means that you have the obligation to follow him because he knows the road. You don't know it. He knows the path. You don't know it. So if he makes a right, you make a right. If he makes a left, you make a left. Why? Because you're, you're, you're completely blinded because you don't know the way. So he is directing you to the way. You have no choice. Because you believe that that person, that nice person knows where to go. He's leading you to the right place. Whether he's leading you to the right place that's up to debates. But the key here is, you know he's leading you to the right place. Jesus said, follow me. So you can deduce that Jesus is telling us, his disciples, that we ought to follow his example. He will lead us and we must follow. We have to follow his example completely. To know and understand who Jesus is, we are able to, we should be able to what? Follow his example. And where is his example written? His example is written in the word, the manual, the book of instructions that tell us and show us who Jesus is and his character.
To follow, to follow means close your eyes to your own desires and adopt the desires of the people you are following. The desires of the person you are following becomes your desires. So for you to say, I'm following Jesus, you put your desires aside. That's why he says he left, they left everything. They put their desires aside and took up the desires of who? Of Jesus. Let's look at look, let's look at someone in the Bible who followed blindly, if you want to say that. But I believe it says he followed with obedience. Let's look at 1 Kings 19, 19 to 21. New King James Version. So he says, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Saphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. And he was with the 12th. Then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, please let me kiss my father and my mother, then I will follow you. And he said to him, go back, go back again, for what have I done to you? So Elisha turned back from him and took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate. And he rose and followed Elijah and became his servant. So Elisha knew of Elijah. And so it was easy for Elisha to follow Elijah. Elisha's desires were no longer important. Were no longer important. Wasn't, wasn't paramount any longer. The most important desire was that I'm following who? Elijah. The most important desire was that of Elijah. So if you ever studied the life of Elisha, you will notice that he walked with God. He walked with God, which was like Elijah. He knew the Lord was going to take Elijah away. He had understanding. Let's look at some, let's look at 2 Kings 2. 2 Kings 2 9. Look in James Version. And he says, And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit. You see, it's not of somebody else's spirit, of his spirit be upon me. So he said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be for it shall be also for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire. It separated the two men. Elijah went up. 
by a wild wind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, my father, my father, the chariot Israel and his horsemen. You know, it's amazing. This Elisha, he walked with who? Elijah, he walked, he put his all. He put his all. He, he, there was an example. You could see these people were, they were not, they were not, you could not separate them because Elijah made it a point of duty to what? Walk with Elisha. So it means he rubbed up of, you know, the, the, you know when you walk with somebody, you know, there's there's a statement, there's a there's a Igbo adage. I can't don't don't tell me to say it in Igbo. What or is it? There was a there's a Nigerian. Let me pronounce it this way. There's a Nigerian adage. It says when you walk with somebody, you can smell his armpit. Sorry, it seems it seems crude, but it says when you're so when you're walking so closely with somebody, everything the person is doing rubs up on you. You understand the person. You notice here that Elisha says, I know you're living. I know it. You know, the Lord has told me the same way the God talks to you is the same way he talks to me too. Because I'm, I'm, like, I'm like you. But before you leave, I want to watch this double portion of your spirit. And you wonder, I, I keep wondering, I, I was, before when I read it, I was wondering how come this man was double portion? You know, it's still the same thing, you know, you need, you need to know that the Old Testament is a shadow of the new. John 14, 12, 12 tells you the New Testament, which is we still also read Old Testament. Look at John 14, 12. It says, verily, verily, I don't know where that is. Yeah, it says, verily, very I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do. He also, he will, he, oh, the, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works, look at what he says, greater works, greater works than these shall he do. Because I go to the Father. It means that because you follow Jesus, because you are a follower of Jesus, the Bible says you do greater works. Because Elisha followed Elijah, he was able, he says, I want greater works. I want to do more than you did. I want them to know that you are, you are my father. I was just a servant to you. Elisha desired, he put the desires of what Elijah above his desires. Elisha walked in a in a double. You you if you read the story, you, you should go back and read it. It's amazing because he walked in a double portion spiritual anointing because what he followed who Elijah. Jesus says that that we his followers will perform greater works than he did, provided provided we follow him. And put our put his desires above our desires. We need to know that to be a follower of Jesus or to to follow anyone is not easy. It's not the easiest thing to do. I know it's, it could be difficult. 
But Paul has given us the solution. I'm telling you, God has given us the solution. Let's look at the solution. Let's look at the solution. First Corinthians 9.27. This thing is just, this is a teaching that is going to expand by the grace of God to, to the end of November. Because, you know, I want, God wants us to have that desire. If we've fallen back, he wants us to, he wants to have that, for us to have that burning desire to actually follow him. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. You know, I, I met one, one vice president of our company one day in the gym. You know, he, he used to see me in the gym most of the time, you know, be this before COVID. And, you know, he was running on the treadmill and I was, I was walking and when he, when he slowed down and the treadmill, you know, I said to ask, we still have a conversation. He was, he was talking to me, you know, about the gym and, you know, because he just started this, this long time ago. And, you know, I asked him a question. It's a basic question because I saw him running. I was like, man, look at me. I'm only walking fast and he's running. So I asked him a question. I said, so, so the question was, I said, what do you do when your leg, while you're running, what do you do when your leg starts to hurt? You know, he gave me a good, a wonderful answer. It's like he was, he was Paul speaking to me right there. He says, I discipline my body. I said, what do you mean? He says, he says, when my leg starts to hurt, he says, he tunes off the hurt. He tunes it away. He just tunes it off. He says, I concentrate on the price. He said, that time he was running, he was running, he was, he was practicing for a marathon, the, 20, 20, the 26K marathon. Well, that's what he was practicing for. He says, I, I concentrate on the price. And eventually, the leg will stop what? Hurting. He said, then he added, he said, you need good sneakers too. The key here is that Paul said it. He said, he disciplines his body to follow Jesus. He disciplines his body. And he must practice what he preaches. Because that's what he says. He says, look, I, I, I discipline my body. He says, he said, he says, otherwise I fear that after preaching to others, I myself be disqualified. Because you see, the thing is, it's easy to preach to somebody. It's easy to tell people about Jesus. But the key is, the key is are you living the life? For you and I to be called followers or disciples of Jesus, we need to discipline our bodies. We need to know that we are followers of Jesus. Our actions must resemble that of Jesus. Our actions must replicate that of Jesus. We can preach Jesus, but the key is that are we displaying Jesus? In our actions. That's the key. This is a good segue to the other aspect of following Jesus. You know, we just read that that Mark 1 17. It says, it says, What? Follow me, and I'll make you, make you become fishers of men. 
follow us, follow me, and I what? And I'll make you. Follow me, and I'll make you. When you follow, when you are a follower of Jesus, transformation is ultimate. Transformation is the next thing, is the next best thing. When you are a follower of Jesus, we need to allow for transformation. We need to allow God to transform you to become like him. And transformation starts within. When the inside changes, then it starts to show outside. And this is important. Let's look at Romans 12, 1 to 2. I, I, I'm not, I pray I'm not going fast, but this is, this is so, is so, this teaching is so important because God wants to see his followers. Because his followers here on earth an example of Jesus. This is who Jesus is. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response for God's marvelous mercies? To surrender yourself to God, to be his sacred living sacrifice, and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights his heart? For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Stop what? Imitating the ideas and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This is this will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfied and perfected and, and perfect in his eyes. Satisfied and perfect in his eyes. The key here is, <coughs> sorry, Romans 12, 1 to 2, it says, give your life to Jesus. When you give your life to Jesus, surrender to him. Surrender to his purpose, surrender to his will, surrender to his desires, surrender to him. As you surrender to him, he starts to change the way you think. He starts to transform the way you think. He starts to change it. It's the Holy Spirit that will start to make what? The adjustment. We, we are transformed inwardly by allowing the Holy Spirit to what? to transform our thoughts, to transform our ideas. Then we do, and when we do, we'll be able to live like Jesus lived on earth. Jesus walked with the Holy Spirit. Jesus operated by the gifts of the Spirit and produced the fruit of the Spirit. And this transformation we're talking about is not a one-time one transformation. It's not like this one time done. No, it's a continuous and everyday transformation. The question today is, are you a follower of Jesus? Have you allowed and are you still allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you and the various ways you think and act? That's the key. The key is, are you follow? Are you are you actually following him? 
First Kings 19 to 21. New King James Version. Uh, I think this is New King James. Uh oh, I don't know where I got this one from. Okay, I'll read, I'll read, um, I'll read from you. It's okay. He says, So he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Shaphat, who was plying with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the twelfth. He says, then Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him, and he left the oxen and ran to after Elijah, and no, that's not where I'm going. I want to go down to 21. He says, 21, he says, no, it's okay, you're good. He says, so Elijah turned back from him and took the yoke of oxen and slaughtered them and boiled their flesh using the oxen's equipment and gave it to the people and they ate and they arose and followed Elijah. And he arose what? And followed Elijah and became his servant. You will notice here that Elisha slaughtered what? The oxen. He did not want a reminder. He did not want any possibility of what going back to his old life, his old nature, his old profession. You know, if you look at if you look at Luke nine sixty two, following Jesus, it's let, let me don't go ahead of myself. Luke nine sixty two, New Living Translation. It says, but Jesus said, but Jesus told him, it says anyone who puts his hand on the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. You know. Lot's wife, what happened to Lot's wife? She looked back. And the Bible says she was turned into what? A pillar of salt. If, if you look back to your own life and you start to consider, start considering, oh man, I wish I was, man, I wish all that fun, you know, all those, man, this Christianity is not fun any longer. The Bible says you're not fit. Christianity is fun. Is the world has painted Christianity as not fun. Is the world has painted Christianity like, oh yes, we look at what these Christ Christians are all about. Yes. <laughs> if you look back, I'll read this what the Bible says again. The, 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 the Lord put down here. Says, if you look back to your old life, you have a new nature. You're, you're a new person. But if you look back and say, man, I made a mistake. I don't know why I even came to this Christianity. I made a mistake. I don't know why I even came that I gave my life to Jesus. It's not fun any longer. You need to check yourself. What, what have you allowed to, to go into your heart. Transformation means that you are transformed on the inside. And now you look like your older brother, Jesus. Are you allowing the word of God 
Or should I say, are you allowing the word from God, the Bible, to transform the way you think? Are you disciplining your body so that it can conform to the instruction of the Holy Spirit and the word of God? If you're not, then you have an opportunity to change. Time is not on our side. Now, I'm telling you, time is not on our side. I, I'll be honest with you, time is not on our side. I'll give you this quick example. In the old church, we used to go for this uh, evangelism. We used to go for evangelism. We went to uh, nursing, nursing homes. You know, And one day we went to this nursing home. And what typically happens when in the nursing home, they, they wheel all the people out, all the you know elderly people, they wheel them out and they come and sit them sit them down and, and, you know, so they can hear the word. But there's one thing that broke my heart, this is a the, the, the digression, but there's one thing that broke my heart was that this, this person came to see the mom, they didn't even stay five minutes, they were out. I was like, the Lord showed, it, showed that picture to me, I was like, whoa. But that's a digression, but here's what happened, you know, the Lord gave the word, and I came, spoke the word, gave an altar call. This woman in the back gave her life to Christ. The woman in the back, she was maybe at least maybe 80, 80 years old. She gave her life to Christ. She said, I accept Jesus. And that was it. I didn't think anything of it. We go there every third Sunday in the month. We go there. Church is about to finish, so we run out to, 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 because we have a time schedule. The following Sunday, that's the next month, Sunday, the third Sunday, the will that these people out again, we come, I'm about to share the word. And I asked about the woman. She said she went home to be with the Lord. My point is that we don't know the time. We don't know the time, the day when Jesus is coming. The key is, time is not on our side to make the, a change. The other question is that I'll ask also is, do you love Jesus as much as we claim we do? If yes, then we must be willing to put the, our hands on the plow and go all the way. Go all the way. We cannot put one leg in and one leg out. One leg in the world and one leg in Christianity. It is either you're going to be in the world, be in the world all the way. But if you're going to be in Christ, be in Christ all the way. Be committed all the way. Let me tell you something. Like I've told you, I, I, I live the life. I, I understood that the Lord was telling me, that life is so, the, the, the devil just uses people anyhow in that life, the life of the world. What's in it? What's in it that is so wonderful? So Because he, what, what does he do? He glamorizes it. He puts a glamour to it. He, he throws all, but the Bible, you know, they say what glitters is not always gold. Those people are searching, the people are searching. Why do you think people take drugs, alcohol? Because there's, there's an emptiness. 
There's an emptiness. They're searching. They're searching. They're searching for something to fill Christ. That void is Christ. The void is Christ. But they're searching for in the wrong places. They're searching in the wrong places. But they don't know the void is Christ. So what happens? They try to use alcohol, drugs, all kinds of things to fill the void. And the enemy is so willing to give. They're producing different kinds of different kinds of drugs out there. Right now, just to feel that the enemy is, is at work. He has coke, he has heroin, he has ketamine, he has ecstasy, he has all kinds of things out there to fill the void. There's alcohol, there's different kinds of alcohol. <laughs> is it malt liquor? He has it, he has everything. Hennessy, as, as, I don't know, all those things, Remy Martins, all of them, he has it to fill the void. Glitters it, it makes it so glitter, so glamorous, so glamorous. <laughs> it makes it so glamorous. Oh, no, don't, don't go on the other side. He paints, he paints church black. Oh, no, those people are too serious. <laughs> those people, uh, they will condemn you very quickly. We need to draw the line and say, I'm not passing this line. I'm in the kingdom. See, the difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of this world is that when you have an issue, you try to solve it yourself. You can't. You frustrate yourself. You can't solve it. But when you cross over to this side, we depend on God to solve the problem for us. Next week, we're going to go in depth into this teaching. God wants change. He wants us to be fully committed to him. He doesn't want half, you know, the, well, the, the milk, half and half. He doesn't want half and half. He wants full commitment. Because he wants, to, he wants you to do exploits. <laughs> he wants you to go to nursing home and touch people and people will rise up. He wants you to, he wants you to be able to pray for nations and nations change. You're his hand and his leg, you're everything you are. He wants to use you for your people. He wants you, he, you are this, you are the, you might be the only one that is saved in your whole family. He wants you to be the one that will bring everybody out of the dark place to, to light. But if you're not committed, what happens? There's still going to be the dark. Let's bow our heads and think about this message. Think about the questions. If you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, you can pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. 
I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, if you pray that prayer sincerely, the Bible says you've been accepted into the kingdom of God. And now, 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 you follow Jesus, follow his word, be involved, and allow him to transform you. The Bible says, the host of heaven, they are rejoicing. Everybody's clapping. You've been transformed, translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. For those of us who have not, who have previously accepted Jesus, but, you know, you've been on the sidelines. How is your life in the past, in the past few days? Do you believe, do you, do you look like Jesus? Do you resemble, do you have a resemblance of Jesus? Your leg, one one place, and another leg, another place. If you want to rededicate your life to Jesus today, you too can pray this prayer. And the prayer is this: It says, "Dear Father, I re I return now to you. I return now to the Bible. I return now to the Word. I pray for guidance." as I listen for your word, as I listen for your voice. Let me return to what is most important, you. Help my attitude to change so that instead of focusing on others and events to meet my needs, I can turn to you and find the love, purpose, direction, transformation that you have for me. In the name of Jesus, amen. If you pray this prayer, God has received you again. He's not going to push you away. Come on, he will never push you away. He will never do. This is serious business because look, we don't know where the world is going. But we are the we are the plant planting of the Lord in this world, and we are supposed to do exploits. We are supposed to cancel things that are happening. Things that are happening. We don't say, ah, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't happen to me. It's not, it doesn't happen in my circle. No, it's happening in this world. We have the ability to stop it. Father Lord, we just give you glory. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your word today. Thank you for really bringing this to our attention. 
you want people that are committed to follow you. People that really desire to follow you. People that really that, that put away their desires and focus on you. Focus on your desires. You know, you told me one time, you said, you know, and I shared it with the, the prayer meeting. In the prayer meeting, it says, when you do my business, I do your business. That is what you've told me. It says, when you chase my business, your business becomes my business too. And I take care of you. But you've, that has been drilled down in my heart. Father Lord, I pray it, it gets drilled down in our hearts today. You want us to be committed fully fully. People might say it's blind, you know, the, the world now says it's, it, we are following God blindly. Yes, we are following him blindly. We are complete obedience because he knows the end from the beginning. We don't know the way through the wilderness. There are songs that God knows the way through the wilderness. All I have to do is to follow. Strength for the way they is my all the way. It is him that gives the strength. It is him that knows the way. He knows everything. All you want us to do is to follow. All you want us to do is to follow. Because we don't know it. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen at all. But you want us to be committed. Because there are clouds of witnesses and people around looking. There are people that God wants to bring your way that you will speak words of affirmation, words that will change their lives and their lives forever. Lord, I thank you because Lord, you told me, a there was a story, someone told me a story. I pray this thing will encourage you that they, 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 they led their mom to Jesus before she died. How wonderful thing is that a wonderful testimony. God is planting you, has planted you in your, in your home, in, in, in your job, in your surrounding, for you to be the light. For you to be the light. And he wants you to, for your light to shine bright for all to see. Father Lord, we pray that you give us the ability to understand what you're saying. Help us so that we can be the light and continue to be the light. When there's so much darkness, Lord, you want us to stand and be the light, the light that will shine in the midst of the dark world. The disciples, Lord, you just reminded me today, this morning, you were saying to me, you know, your church can do mighty things because he says those 12, those 12, those 12, those 12, they changed the world. Those 12, 12, 12, 12, only 12 people, 12 committed people, 12 people changed the world. Two people that were committed. 
Yes, they didn't, they didn't have an understanding. Yes, those 12, Peter, yes, he betrayed you. Yes, Lord, you, but you forgive him. When he, you left, he was on fire for you. He did. The, the Bible says that Peter's shadow healed the sick. It means that he was in a presence, in your presence. He was constantly in your presence. Father Lord, we pray that this is, this, is, this is a call for us to be committed. A call for us to be committed to you, to Jesus, because Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. For the world today. He is the answer for the world today. You want us to be committed. Because you see, the, the world paints as if everything is so glamorous. Oh yes, it's so glamorous. It seems so wonderful. <laughs> but what glitters is not always gold. The enemy is using us. And when he's done with us, we forget what the Bible says in John 10, 10. See, the, the, the devil, is, his goal is to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he wants in the world. That's all he wants. He wants to steal. He wants to kill. And finally, spit you out, destroy you, finish, done. But you, he says, you have come to give us life. <laughs> life, eternal life. But you want us to follow you. You want us to follow you. To hang around you. Walk with you. Just not hang. Even sorry, that word hang around you is not even a good way. It is to be embedded in you. To read your read the Bible for that word of God to make an impact in, in, in our lives. Because Lord, the key here is do people see Jesus in us? And Lord, I thank you because today is a turning point that people will see Jesus in us. We'll not just leave a mediocre Christian. We'll not just leave in mediocrity, but we'll live in power. We'll live as Jesus lived. Lord, we just give you praise. Thank you, awesome God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yeah, Pastor, thank you so much. You can stop the recording. Praise the Lord. <laughs>